It's me, David Webb, and here's a highlight from today's show on Sirius XM Patriot. Kendall Qual, who's been on this show before, of course, a Republican candidate for governor in uh, Minnesota, a massive increase uh, of, in black Americans murdered, and especially since the beginning of the uh, Black Lives Matter, the defund the police, refund the police movement, that surge began in 2014, Kendall. Uh, Yes, I guess initially you could say Trayvon Martin, but really what happened in Ferguson led to the uh, various consent decrees by Eric Holder and the Obama administration. Uh, then you had the rise, the prominence of Black Lives Matter uh, and that grift on the black community and American corporations. Uh, so let's get through this because where we are now, the crimes being committed against and by in the black community and certainly in Minnesota increasing at an alarming rate. Well, absolutely, is David. Thank you so much for having me on. Um, what, what's sad about this is that, um, unfortunately, we don't have a media that is objective enough, um, and not, not even objective in, in, in its purest sense. But they don't they don't uh, get to the voices of the people that are concerned. So let me give you an example. There was a ballot initiative to defund the police here in uh, Minneapolis, and the largest percentage of people that voted against it were people from the black community of the Twin Cities. Rarely, if ever, do we ever hear in the news, in a news report, in an article about those citizens that want a safe community, that they want, you know, they want policing in their communities, and they want professional policing and all that. Only thing we hear is the defund the police initiative from uh, the loud mouth with the microphone. In fact, yesterday... There was a report that came out in the news uh, by, by uh, the Waltz government uh, agency, his, his Department of Human Services, saying that, um, that the Minneapolis police are uh, racist and they've violated several civil rights um, uh, towards um, black Americans in, in a report that was just tainted with p- political positions. Never do they talk about the black-on-black crime and the increase that you just mentioned. This is one of the fundamentally dishonest uh, and dangerously dishonest approaches by the left who claim to care about these poorer communities in America and not just in Minnesota, but around the country especially with left-wing DAs added to the mix. Uh, They release criminals who, they don't go to the nice neighborhoods. They don't go where the Maxine Waters of the world live or or where your governor in Minnesota lives. They go back into the poor community. What's needed step-by-step? You you saw this. You grew up, and we've talked about it before, right, in a gang-infested Harlem, New York environment. And, you know, you went on to work your way out of that on your own. But what's needed uh, as, call it an overall strategic approach? Yeah, this is something that actually we have as part of um, our our six, six action items in six months. We have it on our website at kq4mn.com. And one of those items is that we're going to hire state law enforcement officers, three to 400 of them over over the course of time, and we're going to deploy those officers 
in the Twin Cities. So we have boots on the ground. And those officers are going to get the leadership uh, um, backing that they deserve. They're going to get the resources they deserve in order to re- in order for us to get our Twin Cities back. You know, David, in October of 2009, Forbes magazine ranked ordered all the major cities on quality of life and and public safety. And Minneapolis ranked number one. It was on the cover of the magazine as the biggest safe city in the country. We're going to get it back. You know, the strategies that are needed, and I'm going to reference two that worked in New York, uh, primarily under Mayor Rudy Giuliani, continued into the Bloomberg uh, uh, mayor mayorship as well. Uh, one was broken windows, all right, small crimes. In New York, turnstile jumping was a big example of that. That can cost the city hundreds of millions of dollars a year in addition to the criminals and the various associated factors. The other one is stop, question, and frisk, which has been upheld by the Supreme Court. And in order to reduce crime, you need a combination of strategies. Broken windows theory on one side, added to that stop, question, and frisk. Police officers know their neighborhoods for the most part. They know who at least the bad actors or they can observe and act. Uh, would you employ those two strategies or work with law enforcement agencies to make sure that officers are properly trained and the process is properly enforced to do something about protecting the citizens in that manner? You, you know, David, you, you bring up some very good examples. I, I can tell you as a kid group that grew up in New York City, um, lived my, part of my life in my elementary school years in New York City before the Rudy Giuliani years, it was horrific. I mean, I saw how the criminals, every, almost especially at the end of the month when everyone got their paychecks, how they targeted women, old ladies, and beat them, stole their purses, all of that. It was ongoing. I never would imagine, I never imagined the city that Rudy Giuliani and his, and his uh, police chief, what they instilled, it was transformative. That's exactly what we're going to do in the Twin Cities. If they can do it in New York City, we can do it in the Twin Cities. Now, I've already hired, not hired yet, I've already interviewed two uh, senior law enforcement officials. Um, that will be the, uh, the, these guys will be the, uh, uh, the highest ranking police officers in the state. Is the title is um, Commissioner of Public Safety. Um, through, through that person's leadership, we will instill the, the policies that you just mentioned and some others. Because um, we know that th- there is a small percentage of, of criminals, violent criminals, that have, number one, have outstanding warrants, that uh, we can pick these officials up. I mean, that, that's, we can pick these, uh, these criminals up um, within 30, the first 30 days of administration and we'd make a, a large dent into the, you know, the big problem of violent crime, especially repeat violent crime. Um, these officers know who they are. They know where they are. And those will be picked off. But the other ones is that we have a, we have a small percentage of the criminals that, that uh, are responsible for the large majority of the crimes. And the key is to hold them. And we're not going to do a catch and release. To hold them and, and, and put them in prison because they've been victimizing the communities in which they live. 
Let's talk about uh, another issue, uh, and, and actually two issues combined, Kendall, education and the economy. We need an educated workforce, and unfortunately in America, but certainly in your state and in the Twin Cities, we see graduation rates versus actual education ability. You know, there's a problem. I've looked into this across the country and it's consistent where there is less quality of education. There is more crime related to lack of economic opportunity. Now, this won't solve all the problems, but, you know, you went on from poor in Harlem, gang ridden neighborhoods to an Oklahoma trailer park to the U.S. Army to running a Fortune 100 company. So it is not impossible to follow the track in life and do better for yourself using you as the example here. What would you do to work on the education issues and at the same time education and safety combined with doing something to better the economy in the state of Minnesota? Well, well, David, so so first of all, thank you for those accolades. And you you know what? I would love to tell people that I'm an exceptional person, but I'm not. What's so exceptional is that we live in an exceptional country. I serve an exceptional God. I'm Christian in my faith. And guess what? The formula works. That's why I'm doing this. The formula works, and the left is trying to shut it down. And, and, and to your point, that pathway for anyone, whether you're from the middle class, upper middle class, or, or in dire poverty, the pathway out is a strong education. And if I can get that in, in a broken system in Harlem, in the trailer park in Oklahoma, anyone can get that. And we need to make sure that it stays. Right now, the teachers' union and the left, the Democrats, are pushing this new indoctrination system that doesn't educate anything. And uh, if anything, it, 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 it's, um, it's denigrating the foundational education that, that, that allows people to be successful. So what we're going to instill, again, it's on our website as well, um, a Empowering parents with school choice. Where their children goes to the school, the dollars will go with them. Whether that's a parochial school, charter school, home school, the dollars will go with them. We're going to, even for those uh, public school institutions that where the kids remain, there's going to be standards um, re- revised to ensure that the, um, those standards are increased for a solid education. Right now in, the, in, in St. Paul, they're, they're lowering the number of credit hours uh, for seniors to graduate from high school. At a time when our kids need to be competitive, we need to be increasing the standards, not lowering them. And then let, let me just say this as well. We're going to do, do something very different. Uh, um, we're we're going to bring back vocational education back to high schools. There's very different ways to be successful in this country, and that, that one pathway is not all through college. And we need to stop looking at the trades as a, as a plan B or a second-rate career. Um, we're going to bring trades back in the, book, uh, the high school, like I, like I said, but we're going to partner with building contractors. And we've, this is operated in several different states. And that these kids in 10th, 11th, 12th grade, they're going to renovate old dilapidated homes in blighted neighborhoods. And at, when they graduate from high school, they're, they're, they're able to make a middle class wage because of the certifications they've had for those three years. And from that, we're going to partner with the banks in our communities to get low interest loans so the kids can purchase the homes that they've been renovating. 
It's a pathway to, uh, to increase the population of, of the people going into trades. We need it. Number two, there's a strong market there and good wages there. And number three, we can make these guys homeowners have real equity um, uh, in their life and building up uh, wealth with, with home ownership. Some of, these, some of these graduates not only um, purchased a home, they purchased a duplex where they live in one and they, they actually rent out the other one, actually building up passive income when they're 19 years old, which is pretty, which is pretty neat. So those are the, innovation, the innovative things that we're looking into doing in education as well. You know, I saw something play out. I was in the room last night, and I want to bring it into the conversation. I hope you have a few more minutes. You don't have to run for another interview, do you, or something? Not yet. All right. So this won't take long, but this is something I've seen. I've seen the same game, different players, and whether it was poor black, poor white, poor Asian, poor a Latino, whatever it was group, I saw this. I was in a meeting in one of the not-so-great sections of Miami, I'll put it that way, one of the poor black neighborhoods last night. And you have these advisory boards basically run by the local politicians. And, yes, black politicians, obviously, and primarily, you know, or universally black neighborhoods. And I saw a couple of things. I saw dishonesty. I saw inability. I saw a lack of understanding of how to even work a, uh, an advisory board and a business approach to addressing issues when going after resources and funding to help the community. And those things combine to dangerous, but they also come from, at a core, a lack of education because People will believe what they're told. And I'm going to be blunt about it, Kendall. I've seen black politicians, especially black Democrats, that's the room I was in for the most part, take advantage of black people and get something for themselves and get paid somehow while others never get anywhere. And they were talking about a 30-year problem in that neighborhood. And I got to tell you, it pisses me off in plain English. Well, I tell you, I'm there with you. And you, you know what's interesting around this, David? It's amazing to see across the country how many black Republicans that are running for office, and they're all, and we're all saying the same thing. I, I can tell you from personal experience to your point about this issue. Um, when I when I grew up with, in the latter part of my childhood, I grew up with my father in Oklahoma, and I would go back to visit my mother in Harlem when the summer breaks were out from school. And Charlie Rangel was the uh, congressional representative from Harlem. Now, over time, as, as a kid and a teenager, nothing cha- and not, not, that, not that just nothing changed in Harlem. It got worse. The kids that I knew grew up, and, you know, the, the girls became mothers without being married and got on welfare. And the, and the guys that I knew, the men, the boys, you know, throughout the prison, there, there was no pathway out. It was a cyclical process of poverty. But Charlie Rangel and his, and his cronies and his family got wealthy. He was there in that role for 47 years. I became a Republican when I was 18 years old, and I never looked back because here's the issue. I didn't know any Republican. All I knew was I never wanted to be like one of them. I didn't have a country club membership. I didn't know anything about Republicans other than Abraham Lincoln freed the slaves, and it was because of them. When I was 18 years old at that point, and uh, I, I knew what, what 
you know, to become successful, they started with an education. And I never looked back. And what I found is over the years, we have gone from 80% two-parent families to 80% fatherless homes in my lifetime in the black community without one initiative to reverse the trend. And that was because of the welfare system. And it's sadly, these black leaders in these communities didn't try to reverse the trend because they wanted permanent power and the greed for, 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 for wealth, for money, without having to participate in the free market capitalist system. They're, they're taking they're away the futures of, of Americans in, in a simple term. You, you take away the future. You steal it. They, 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 at the expense of the people they're supposed to serve, they wanted permanent power and wealth. And not only that, they're destroying the their pathway out because the schools in these, these cities are, are just horrible. They canceled. There's no pathway out in a lot of these cities. When you're born with no father in a home, that's two strikes against you. And when you can't get a decent education, that's three strikes. And we got a, a lot of young, angry, young black people, young, young black uh, men and women. And then the worst part of it, the leaders in those communities, they blame white America for the problem. That's evil. I, I heard that last night. They know I literally heard that last night. I even heard whitey, something I haven't heard used in a long time. And I'm sitting there going... It's you know what I I don't even want to get into it because I'll keep going. We'll go down a very dark path of my disgust here uh, on this issue. Uh, let's finish up on another issue, Kendall. My guest, Kendall Qualls, Republican candidate for governor in Minnesota. His website, by the way, KQ4MN.com. Uh, on business, and again, as someone who rose to the level of running a Fortune 100 company, uh, on taxes in Minnesota, what's your plan? Uh, we Again, it's already on our website. Again, KQ4MN.com. It's, you know, we have one of the highest tax, uh, tax rates uh, in the country here in Minnesota. Uh, it's like the fifth, uh, the fifth, fifth highest in the, in the country. And our, and our governor and the Democrats here, they proudly proclaim they, they want to make Minnesota very similar to California. Look, the only thing I want um, from California in this state is I would love their warm weather. If we can't get that, I don't want anything else um, because they're not a model for how to govern a state. Uh, we have four tax brackets on the personal side. We're going to reduce that by two, and the, uh, the lowest rate be three and six. Um, right now, our, our, our lowest tax bracket today is higher than 22 other states. Uh, on the corporate side, the business side, we're, we're going to look into, looking to reduce that down from 9.8% to 7%, eliminate the Social Security tax, which only 12 other states have it. I mean, this is just insane. Uh, tax and social security and then lastly the estate tax and death tax we want to make our state more business friendly and be competitive so that businesses are investing in this state because even though we have some premier companies in our state they're expanding outside of the state because of the financial impact and the and the, and the tax impact of um, their, their investment dollars Kendall Qualls, candidate for governor in Minnesota. The website, kqformn.com. Kendall, thanks again, and thanks for keeping it real here. Well, thank you. We're we're, going to win this. Just stay tuned. 
Uh, can't wait, uh, you know, to, to share the news. This is, David, if I can, this is the place, the epicenter for all the rioting, looting, defund the police, Black Lives Matter. It started here two years ago. We burned down our city. The Democrats let that happen. Our governor let that happen. And two years later, when Minnesota has a chance to, to uh, vote for a governor, they're going to vote for an unapologetic American believer, the dream of America, an unapologetic Christian, an Army veteran, and getting back to the basics of America. It's going to be a true you know, miracle from Minnesota. Thank you very much, Kendall. You can join me live on The David Webb Show Monday to Friday, 9 to noon east on Sirius XM Patriot 125.